This podcast is brought to you by Onnit. Go to Onnit.com and look at the great selection of supplements. If you find something you like, press in code Joey and get 10% off delivered right to your house. What's happening, you bad motherfuckers? It's Tuesday, the 3rd of January. The joint wants to introduce Mint Mobile. Listen, why are you still paying insane amounts of money every month for your phone bill? Why? Right now, when you switch to Mint Mobile, you'll get an unlimited plan for 50% off. Uncle Joey making savings. And if you order from home and save with phone plans starting at $15 a month, hurry because this deal ends January 15th. Buy any three-month plan and get three more months free, even on their unlimited plan. All Mint Mobile plans come with unlimited talk, text, high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Love your current phone? No problem. Use your own phone with Mint Mobile plan and switch easily in minutes with eSIM. Buy any three-month Mint Mobile plan and get three more months free by going to mintmobile.com slash joey. Again, that's mintmobile.com slash joey. I'm going to cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month with mintmobile.com slash joey. Offer ends January 15th, so get on it. The joint is also brought to you by Freeze Pipe. Listen. I had a good time this holiday season with Freeze Pipe. They sent me the 2023 version. Holy shit. Set the motherfucking herb man free. It's time to invest in yourself and get the best tools for the job. Freeze Pipe is here to make sure you got the best tools to get you high all the way to 2028. That's how we're rolling. Just freeze it, pack it, and rip that motherfucker. The smoke passes through the frozen part, cooling down the smoke as you inhale. Like I said, I had a fucking jingle ball of a time with Freeze Pipe. It didn't snow, but it snowed in my lungs with Freeze Pipe. It cools down the smoke by hundreds of degrees. Now the Freeze Pipe is even better because they've updated their bung so you have six independent freezing calls for even better airflow and much easier cleaning experience. Your Uncle Joey's taking care of you on this one. You know, when it comes to reefer, I do only the fucking goods. Freezepipe.com. Whether it's the bubbler, the bong, the fucking... Listen, get yourself a new bong, pipe, or bubbler. You're not going to be fucking sad, and Uncle Joey's going to take care of you. I'm going to give you 10% off your first order, and that's the, T-H-E, Freezepipe.com, cocksuckers. The joint is also brought to you by... That's it. You motherfuckers, let's kick this motherfucker off on a Tuesday morning.
What's happening, you bad motherfuckers? 2023 is upon us. Yayo free and 2023. You know what I'm saying? Stress free and 2023. It was a great little break. I missed you motherfuckers with all my heart. But I also needed to take a break with the family. It's the holiday season. I didn't want to focus on this shit and what the fuck is going on in the world. So Christmas was great. I went over to the tree. You know, did all simple shit like that. Went into New York City. Saw a rat. That's always great on fucking Christmas. That means you're gonna get a, a great fucking Christmas on the on the ninth day of Christmas. I saw a fucking rat. Went over, saw the tree. That was great with the girls. Uh, went over with some friends at Econa's. and then uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, it was a quiet Christmas, guys. We went across the street. Had some nice fucking Italian food, some lobster fra diablo. She made the best tough fucking clams I've ever had in my goddamn life. I was home by 11. The gifts were great. It was just uh, a very quiet, you know, break. I mean, you sit there, you're expecting all this shit to happen. Then New Year's came. And the week before New Year's, I, must, I talked to 20,000 people. And I asked them all the same question. What the fuck are you doing for New Year's? Do you know I only, out of all the people I spoke to, there was one couple, Trish Florentine, a lady who sold me the house, that was going out to dinner at 6 o'clock, and I spoke to her husband yesterday at the game Sunday, and he was telling me they were home by 7.30 and in bed by 9. This had to be the lamest fucking New Year. I mean, listen, guys, I'm a lame dude. It's not like I'm going to go out and jump up and down and eat quaaludes. Those days are long fucking gone. But at the same time, I wanted to, you know, I stayed up past one. I watched the honeymoon and marathon till 6 a.m. I fucking smoked dope. I ate those silly mushrooms. I was fucked up. And I ate some different edibles on New Year's Eve that I only ate 150 milligrams. They're the sweet treats from fucking Stoner Club, the, the grape ape. They're 500 for the bag, but it's 50 milligrams each. And the honeymooners were coming out. I got back from New Year's. I didn't do much. I went to my buddies. They made a fucking tremendous lasagna. We watched a movie called Sea of Love with Al Pacino and John Goodman. Fucking Ellen Barkman. Fucking tremendous. I seen it already. And then I just watched the fucking Georgia game. And uh, they came back, but I didn't cover. What the fuck? I was given five. I should have bet the money line. And we were home by 12.15. I came home. Me and my wife stood up for like an hour talking shit. And uh, I watched the honeymoon marathon. Fucking tremendous. I found myself crying three times throughout the night. Every time I watch the honeymooners, I'm not watching the honeymooners. I'm revisiting my past. It's like, it's the weirdest fucking thing. I, that night I was like going through changes, like the way Lisa I used to go through when he used to eat edibles and be a different person. Like I was, I watched like two episodes. And then I would take two bong hits, and I would drink some water, and I'd fucking, and that was it. I kept testing myself on my fucking tide, but my mind just ran away from me when I was watching the honeymooners that night. I was watching the, the one about the taxes when he, he made a, a, a mistake on his tax, and he thought they were going to throw him in jail, and fucking the jokes were hysterical. He went to throw Norton out. And he goes, I'm throwing you out. And Norton's like, I'm not scared of you. Norton's like, fuck it. He, Ralph says to him, Norton, I'm counting to three. He goes, if you could count, they wouldn't be investigating you for your taxes. <laughs> Fucking hysterical. I just died. I just died. And I laughed so hard, I just start crying. And I'm not crying because it's that funny. I've seen these and heard these jokes 
50,000 fucking times. What shocks me about when I watch The Honeymooners or this certain handful of shows, like when I was a kid, I watch them and I think about it. I used to watch the show when my mother was alive. And it just fucking killed. That thought right there, the thought of that 50 years later, I still find this show funny. Like, fucking funny as shit. And the other thing that makes me cry is, you motherfuckers could come up with all your stupid fucking shows and all your stupid fucking comedies and all your bullshit with your 20 writers. When you watch The Honeymooners, you watch real comedy writing. It is as brilliant as... As it could come. 1955, 1951, he had two people on the fucking staff. And I got to tell you something. The writing is just superb. I also watched the $99,000 question. All right. That is one of the greatest written episodes that I have ever watched on television. Ralph has to fucking uh, go on a game show to name songs. Mm -hmm. And he has to name the ninety-nine thousand. The, the you get to the ninety-nine thousand dollar question. You have to go to like the nine dollar question, then the sixteen dollar question, then the hundred dollar question. And you just keep going up. It's like Jeopardy, same thing. But it was about music. He picks music. He was really nervous when he went to the show the first time, and then he had a he had to come back. The, the time ran out, and he had to come back. And I gave him time to practice and shit. And the whole time, Norton was his piano player. And he was going through all these songs. The neighbors were running songs at him and shit. And the next thing you know, before Norton would play every song, he'd go, And sure enough, Norton would go, Ralph would go, Why is it that before every fucking song, you got to play that song? And Norton would go, Dizzy Dean warms up in the bullpen. I got to warm up. So the night comes, he gets to the fucking, he gets down there for the first question, the first one, like the $100 question. And before he goes, he tells the guy, I just want to let you know that I've studied and I'm going all the way to the $99,000 fucking answer. And the guy goes, well, that's great to know. Well, here's your first quiz. He goes, who is the composer of Swanee River? And Ralph was like, Swanee River? And all of a sudden he goes, play a few bars from him. And it's that song. So all those songs that he studied, he never asked Norton what the name of that song was. That's how the, and he goes, at the end, he goes, who is the composer? And he goes, I'm going to, I'm going to, Ed Norton, because he just couldn't fucking, <laughs> guys, that is the best episode, well-written episode I have ever fucking, and I cry. I just cry like a little pussy. But anyway, who gives a fuck about the honeymoons? <laughs> <laughs> fucking Wednesday night. I was very lucky. Listen, for all that I have going on, guys, when it comes to stand-up comic, I really have nothing going on. I could lie to you guys and tell you that I'm killing it and all this shit. Listen, I'm working with new material and old material, and I've revamped them just because I don't know where else to go. Like, at least I'm honest with you. I just don't know where else to go. So I'm taking, like, the greatest hits and rewriting them <laughs> over with fucking today's 2023. I'm just trying my best, guys. But I know this going in. I wouldn't put myself, it's like the Chappelle people contacted me last week. God bless their hearts on the way back from New York. And they're like, are you available Saturday night to do New Year's in Columbus? I couldn't get a flight. And it was just too fucking crazy. 
I called the travel agent. I hate calling travel agents. You know, they're like, you can just go on AA.com. What the fuck are you going to do? And uh, she was like, I can't get you back till like maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. And I was like, you know what? It's going to be crazy this week with the airlines because everybody's flying back. So, but hey, I heard it went well. John Stewart, fucking Tammy Pascatelli, it went great. And I'm and I let them know. I go, listen, if you have anything in 2023 that you'd like me to stop in and do a show, give me an advance. Don't tell me two nights before. Give me a fucking week or so. I know it doesn't work that way, but but I'm not for all the comedy. What I'm getting to is all the the hoopla. I'm not really to that level, guys. I love. I could tell you, yeah, I'm that guy. I'm mean, listen. It's an entertaining show. We have a great time. You guys know I always find the tangent to go off on. I'm high. We have a great time. We make the videos before and after to the city. I mean, this is all uh, great, but. I don't struggle up there, but I feel, I don't feel like I did before the pandemic is what I'm trying to say. I don't know if it's because of the pandemic or what happened during COVID. Or I don't know if it's, I don't get on stage every night like I used to. It used to be second nature for me to get on the stage and kill it. I don't know, you know, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen in 2023. I got one more show left on the 28th of January, but I got to tell you about the 29th of January of December. The 28th was a great fucking show. I didn't worry about it. I let it be very organic. I made notes leading up to the show. And, you know, I make my little notes and I write my jokes or whatever. But I'm not writing to the level that I was. And I'm a lot of fucking stories. For the last three years, I haven't really done shit. And, uh, you know, I can't tell you another one of my fucking old stories again. Even though they pop up during the set or something, somebody will throw. And I I was going to tell the story last week of the Segura, one-legged woman. And I was like, I don't want to say it. Not to mention my wife was in the audience. She don't want to hear that fucking joke. But the show was sensational. Uh, Lee was fucking great, even though he had taken 200 milligrams. Tara was fucking tremendous. Uh, Eleanor is becoming a fucking powerhouse of a comedian, guys. Eleanor Kerrigan is not fucking around up there. She took that Philadelphia work ethic and that Philadelphia blue collar and she's learned how to transform it on stage, and it is phenomenal, guys. All the women that went, I had 16 girls there. 16 women came with my wife that night. Total, it was 16, I'm sorry. (laughs) My wife had the best birthday of her life, and I was so happy that I was a part of it. For the last 22 years, guys, I'm a dud. I hate my birthday. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know when your birthday comes, you're like, what am I going to do? I'm one of those idiots. And uh, every year, it's the same shit. I take her out to dinner, and I give her some fucking uh, piece of stupid fucking jewelry that she wears twice a year, and we come home. That's her birthday. And my birthday is even worse. I mean, we don't do dick, you know, by... uh, so this year, her birthday fell on the night of that show, and these girls went all out. I mean, they rented a limo. They went to dinner at Carmine's in the city. They walked to the show. They got fucking hammered. Some of them were smoking in the back, eating edibles, jumping up and down. It was great to see my wife having a great time, and the pressure was off me. I didn't even give my wife a present. I think I gave her a fucking card. That's it. Because the pressure was off me. That's the hardest thing in the world when you have to buy something for somebody on the 24th 
of December, and then you got to turn right back around the 20 fucking 8th for their birthday. That sucks, guys. You don't know how hard you try. You, you can't. It's not like a secondary gift. Like, I usually buy my wife, like, a couple nice gifts and then a couple small ones, right? And you put them in your stocking, a notebook, whatever. And then, you know, but for Christmas and and birthday, you can't give them secondary type gifts. I can't throw her a pair of underwear. I got to throw her some main shit. So <laughs> it's uh, it's rough. But this year, the show is great. I mean, the energy in the room. Uh, Catherine Narducci was there. Uh, Tara came. One of my dear friends was there I grew up with. And all of them said the same thing to me days later. They were like, we've been to a lot of shows. But that show was primarily really fucking special. The audience was all in. My wife was crying. Some of the women were crying on the side when I got on stage because of the love in the room. I mean, I was watching Lee, and I couldn't believe the love he was getting, and Dara, and, you know. And it was just people having a great time. And that's what a comedy show is supposed to be, guys. You know, you could add the lights and the DJs, and you could jump up and down. But if the material and the love aren't there, you got nothing in those, that room. I've been into... I've been into great places to perform and i think people are just so excited to be there they forget about what they're there for so when you're a part of something like that yeah listen i've been doing comedy for 30 and if i had a name and hundreds of shows i i've been involved in like a thousand shows like that where it's not about the comedy people are just so fucking energetic to be out you know best best week of the year i always tell people is the week after christmas and I'll tell you that the business side of it, the money side of it is great. People want to go out. People are dying to give you money to make them laugh when you're a comic. It's it's surreal what happens on the 26th, 27th, 28th, and 29th of the month. And then, of course, you got New Year's. You got what some people call amateur hour. Listen, to each his own, you know. But comedy, entertainment, fucking the, the 26th. People can't wait to get the fuck out. I don't know what it is. You see the difference in the attitude. It's like the night before Thanksgiving. I love performing on that night. I used to perform in Irvine every year. I got to tell you something, guys. I used to sell it out. I used to make good money on that night. Two shows. But the shows were so goddamn bad. The shows were so goddamn bad. Looking back at them... Listen, man, Irvine used to be 45 minutes from Studio City. And on that day, on Thanksgiving Day, it takes you two and a half hours. You know how many times Lee and I were stuck in bumper-to-bumper traffic or headed to Irvine? I did Thanksgiving maybe six or seven years in a row. And I got to be honest with you, looking back at them, I hated every one of those fucking shows. From the first year when I ate the fucking Umi burger and I got sick on New Year's, on Thanksgiving, the fucking, what's those Japanese burgers? The There's a chain, like, and then they, they used to cook at the improv. I ate one night, I don't know if, I think it was fucking bat beef or some shit because I was sick, but that's not the situation here. The situation was that those shows used to suck. Irvine's like in the middle of the place. They come to see me to stare at me. They wouldn't laugh. Irvine's really weird, and I and I had great shows at Irvine. I'm just talking about the night before Thanksgiving. There was a couple clubs I couldn't fucking conquer if I wanted to in Orange County, just for particular reasons. It became a mental thing. Then I started rocking and rolling. I steamrolled past the mental thing. But Irvine, the night before Thanksgiving, I'd do it every year, and every year on the drive home I would giggle on how it was just a show. 
It was just a non, it felt like a non-committal show. Like they came to watch me, I performed, they left, and I left. There was nothing else there. So it was like, this sucks. So don't get me wrong. There's places that you go to that the energy's just off. The money's good. The food is good. They laughed. They laughed. It's not like you died. I'm not saying anything about that, that you died on stage or anything. They just, just the energy wasn't right in the room. That was completely opposite Wednesday night at uh, the Sony Hall. I mean, so if you were there, you came out for a great show. There was a couple of Patreon guys there. My man Rick was there. He came back there with his son. He gave me a couple of fucking... Uh, Police cards, you know, when you get pulled over, you give it to them and shit. Great, great people. Great night. Great venue. This is my last one. I don't know if I'm going to continue to do it or when. I might have to take February off for the book to do the audio book or March. I'm, we're going to, you know, we're going into the new year this year. This year is a week of fucking phone calls because uh, we didn't do shit last week. And even like I usually do this on Monday. Monday was a fucking dead day. Sunday, I was going to get behind no podcast mic for Monday. Monday, nobody was out there. Nobody was fucking out there Monday morning. I went to breakfast. There was nobody out there. There was no traffic. So it was like, even my daughter, it's hard to even, like, you look at kids, okay? My daughter doesn't drink. My daughter doesn't smoke pot. My daughter doesn't take ecstasy. You know what I'm saying? She doesn't do any of that shit. She's a 10-year-old little girl. You have to see her. You had to see her Monday and Sunday, New Year's Day. New Year's Day, she was gone. She had a sleepover New Year's night. The night before that, we went to a fucking party. You know, she played basketball Thursday or something. It was fucking like we were, we, they went to some basketball facility because it's been 60 fucking degrees. For you people who don't know it, it's been 60 motherfucking degrees. The other day, some girl on Facebook just trying to be a jerk off and is like, how'd you, how'd you enjoy moving to Jersey? Are you freezing your ass off? Ready to come back to Canada? I'm like, bitch. It's 60 degrees. You're getting rain out there. So today's the wrong day for you to be making fun of me, stupid. <laughs> fucking is it cold out? The fuck is wrong with you? 60 fucking degrees. But looking at my daughter about 4 o'clock New Year's Day, I could tell she was damaged goods. She, she was damaged goods. I asked her what time she went to sleep New Year's Eve. They went to sleep about 1. They slept till about 9. So, but I could just tell from just, and not drinking. And not smoking and not, you know, we didn't go to New York City. We didn't do any of that crazy stuff in the car. It was such a concentration of people and kids and, you know, fucking for five or six days, she's just shot. I asked her, you want to go to school Monday? And she's like, not in a million fucking years. She goes, I'll be ready by Tuesday. But Monday, not even fucking close. Just looking at them. Just to let you know how taxing the holidays are on you. Like, that fucking, it gets, Christmas Day, you're like, when does this tree go down? You're like, I got six more motherfucking days to look at this goddamn tree. And it's so weird because it's like you're 50% recovered after the 25th. Like, the 26th, you feel like half your body's back to normal, but you still feel like, okay, I got one more week of this New Year's to jump up and down. And then New Year's comes, and you're like, woof, when that fucking ball drops, you were so fucking happy. You're like, thank God. And I tried watching that David, what, what's that, what's that Dick called? Clark. Dick Clark thing. Oh, my God, guys. Audition. What <laughs> has happened to our society? 
And I didn't sit there like regular Americans and watch it and jump up and down. I was watching in between the Georgia game and just to see. But I flicked back one time, and I heard this song by Duran Duran. I'm like, look at these guys singing Duran Duran songs. Who the fuck are these? And all of a sudden, the camera panned in, and I'm like, wait a second. That is Duran Duran. Simon LeBon is not looking too good these days. I ain't looking too good either. But, but I wasn't looking good from the beginning. Look, when you're ugly in the beginning <laughs> and you get older, you get ugly. But when you're good looking in the beginning, you get ugly. That's real fucking ugly. Because for me, I was ugly all along. But for Simon LeBon, he was like a fucking heartthrob. He's out there singing cocaine and white lines and hungry like the wolf. When that camera panned onto him and I saw that LeBon had a bigger gut than I did, not bueno, guys. And then the other, they had the other guy that I recognized. But then they had a guy like with a green tuxedo and like a red hat on, like a fucking guy was pale. He had no testosterone, no vitamin D in his body. This motherfucker looked worse than Mick Mars. I don't know why the fuck he was on there. They had a black chick with plainted on fucking hair. They had people swapping spit. The music was god-awful. And then they put Wiz Khalifa up there. I saw Wiz direct from L.A. And I'm like, they didn't even let him smoke pot. They put a hat on him that said, get high or something like that. Because come on, guys. Come on, guys. But the check must be fucking outrageous for Wiz Khalifa. But the fucking shocker of the night was Shaggy. Let me ask you a question. NBC, ABC, whoever did this fucking New Year's Beef bash. I got no disrespect for Shaggy. That song, that song is 80 fucking years old. It's so weird how they try to get YouTube people, right? Like YouTube kids and TikTok kids. And they did what they did. And then they mixed them in with like fucking a couple of modern acts. And then they mixed them in with like fucking real old acts like me. Like Duran Duran and fucking Boys to Men. Was it Boys to Men? New Edition. No, nah, Bobby Brown is busy. <laughs> Bobby Brown is in Boston making eggs. So fucking, uh, yeah, like, it was just, and I'm not here to criticize, and not everybody has their own fucking taste, but that's not the Dick Clark show I grew up on. And when I saw fucking immigrants making out on TV, like people from other countries, did you see that? Like all these tan people swapping spit up. It's like, oh, Dick Clark is fucking spinning in his grave. I saw the country fucking new year's eve thing a couple segments of that and that was way better way better than fucking dick clark show the rocking one and miley cyrus wasn't bad either until she started hugging people and fucking acting like you know she gives a fuck then how to switch yeah i i can't deal with that shit but all in all if you stayed in it was a good night like i said i stayed in i just wanted to fucking uh I don't know. I was waiting to see if anything, like any kind of idea. I asked around. I couldn't see myself in a restaurant for New Year's with a DJ. That is just so fucking cheesy. I just did not want to bring the ball in during fucking New Year's. I don't drink on New Year's. So, you know, I was telling, uh, I'm happy. I lived a life that was weird and I saw some weird things. But there were some things I fucking just learned from, you know. 1980, I went to see Aerosmith with somebody at the Nassau Coliseum. Me and Mike Denny, the devil, he's doing time now in North Carolina for killing his wife. Well, that's what I heard. I don't know if he killed his wife. He killed somebody, his grandmother. It doesn't matter. Me and uh, the devil went over there, and 
we rung in New Year's Eve. There was no snow or anything. I just remember we had done some acid, and we had done a few bumps and a couple beers. I wasn't drunk or, like, none of those, you know, New Year's Eve people drop at 8 o'clock. There's puke everywhere. I had a good time at Aerosmith, what I remember from the concert. And, uh, you know, we drove back. I think we came over to George Washington. I just remember we went through Uptown. And it must have been about 1.30 in the morning, New Year's Eve, 1980. And we're driving through Uptown North Bergen, going downtown on Kelly Boulevard. And we had just passed the 91 Street Bend, shooting down like 85th Street past uh, Roma Pizza and all those, my favorite pizza there. And as we get to a bar named Reg's, the people, the bar was closed. So that's, it had to be after fucking three. The bar was closed. So sorry about that. And as we pulled up, we didn't, we weren't kind of going to the bar or anything. We were just driving on Kenny Boulevard. But as we pulled up at that light at 80, whatever the street is, 85th Street, there was a, a car that hit a pole. Smoke was coming out of it. And there was maybe another bystander who was there to, who had gotten there. We were probably either second or third on the on the fucking street on Kennedy Boulevard. Mike then he pulled over. And I remember that the car that we were in an RX seven. And the car that the people were driving was an RX seven, a Mazda. Anybody, if anybody remembers a Ma RX seven, it was basically a glorified casket. For two people, that's that's all it is. You get hit in the fucking, you get hit in the RX-7, guys, they're just burying you in the fucking RX-7. Like, there's, why should they even take you out and put you in a, it's a waste of time. So, as I got out of the car, I got out of the car because it was an accident, and there was smoke coming out of the hood of the car, and the car had gone into a pole, but it was right down the middle of the hood. Like, he hit it straight on 50-50 on both sides. When... I looked in the driver's side. I just saw somebody slumped over, and there was blood on the windshield. The windshield was blasted and stuff. But the girl that he was with was crying. I didn't know the ages. You know, I could I could be wrong. 20, let's just say 20, 18, I don't know, around there. I didn't know the person. They were not from North Bergen. And, you know, as we, I got, shocked by the ambulances and the police that pulled up while we were looking. And they're like, get away from the scene, get away from the scene. We were right there, guys. And they're evaluating, they're pushing everybody back, like me and the other two or three people. They're pushing us back, and they're going in the car, and they you know, open up the passenger side, the driver's side, and I heard them say, he's gone. Like, he's gone. I remember, like, it just took the wind out of my fucking sails. I was like, what the fuck, he's gone. And then they tried to open up the passenger side, and that's the side that was stuck. I don't know what, what you know, a car collapsed in the front. And they, they were trying to open up the passenger side, and they couldn't get it, but they had a moonroof. So the guy got on top of the car, the fireman got on top of the car, and he ripped the moonroof open, and he's yelling down or whatever. And then I remember they gave him a saw. And as he was cutting 10 minutes later or something, now it's a full fucking accident scene. They've already yelled that he's dead, and... I'm on acid. I need this shit. I'm on a fucking tremendous hit of fucking acid. And it's starting to, you know, it's kicking. What the fuck am I telling you? It's fucking kicking. So 
you know, I'm hearing buzzes and, and, and ambulances and fucking, uh, it was like a jaws of, jaws of life, but they were cutting through the car. You know, you could see the sparks and shit. So I'm tripping and I could hear her yell. Happy New Year, you bad motherfuckers. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, it's the beginning of the year and life could be a little overwhelming. Working with a therapist can make you more prepared to take on anything life throws at you. Listen, when I was confused a few years ago, was struggling, Dana over at BetterHelp helped me out. BetterHelp is therapy option that's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Very easy. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you. Listen, man, like I said, I was struggling and uh, she helped me with my goals and just to identify anxiety. Uh, when it comes, how to fucking get out of it. So visit betterhelp.com slash Diaz today and get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash Diaz. BetterHelp will help you ask for Dana. I could hear her yell, like, ah, help, help. I can't move my leg or something. I don't know exactly. It was fucking for 30 years ago, 40 fucking years ago. But the moral of the story... That's why Papa don't like to do dick on New Year's. That stuck with me like a cheap fucking suit. I still remember getting the car. I didn't know her. I didn't know him. I was young. My mother had just died maybe two months earlier. I was in fucking hell as it was. I had just gotten over one of the worst nights of my life maybe two nights earlier. And now this shit. And I'll never forget that I made like a like a fucking decision right there. Like I'm not drinking because I'm. The other thing I remember is the fireman taking out a bottle of vodka, like a Wolschmidt vodka, and had maybe two inches left. And they took it, so they were drinking. So with the acid and the fucking lights and the whole fucking thing, I'm like, doesn't look like I'll be fucking partying anymore. You know, I was just I had that incident, and then something happened in '83. And I was like, you know what? It's not worth it because you got to pay attention on New Year's Eve. I was even scared driving back home. It was a fucking 10-minute ride, but I was scared driving home that night. Not scared, like, but just going, Jesus Christ, got to keep my eyes open for some drunk cocksucker. You know what I'm saying? Because the thing you're scared of the most is getting whacked by a drunk dude or whacking somebody yourself if you're high or something. So... I got home and, and I was happy. And that's been the model for me. Like, guys, I even hate going out on New Year's for, to do comedy. When I did comedy on New Year's, I missed the Ice House because I would do the 7.30 show and you're you're in your car at a quarter to nine. You go to whatever party you want. You go to whatever dinner you want. I like doing New Year's early. That shit of counting down like fucking Dick Clark. I'm not good with the fucking countdown. I'm not good with those countdowns at all. I just want to get the fuck out of there. So, but I'm happy it's a new year. You know, I always keep. I don't know if if my happiness is for the holidays, or if my happiness is always for the new year. No matter what position I've always been in my life, there's always something that it, that's excited you about the new year. Like you're like, okay, my life's gonna change. This is gonna happen. I'm gonna lose eighty pounds. I'm gonna fucking meet a woman. You know, you have all these fucking goals. You know. But it's the biggest, I think the biggest problem I made as a kid, and I know people make it for a fact, 
who I made for many years, is the mistake of thinking that things are just going to change. Like, guys, and I'm the king of that shit. Things are just going to change. It's a new year. Don't worry about nothing. Your bills are going to go away. Somebody's going to just give you a check. You know, somebody's going to give you a car. Whatever. You're going to meet a girl. The girl's going to knock on your door naked, and it's going to come in. That's what you're thinking. You know, this is my year to hit the fucking lottery. This is my year to win the fucking contest at work. It's always like a game of chance. I, I didn't like it as a game of chance. I really didn't. It's so weird when I think New Year's, like uh, when I first got off Coke in 2008, was the first New Year's that my mind looked at it different. You know, when you when you have an addiction or you have some fucking, uh, what do they call it, like a vice, you know, you always think that success is to get money to make that vice come in more. Like if you like hookers and, you know, you like fucking hookers, like this is a kid on my Patreon, that's like I'm eight days without fucking a hooker. You know, what the fuck are you talking about, guy? You know, what the fuck are you talking about? But it's, hey, listen, vices are vices. It could be Viking, it could be Xanax, it could be Coke, weed, whatever. So... But we are like, for me, as a coke head, I was like, this is the year I snort more coke than next year, you know, because I'm going to make more money than next year, than last year, you know, like, you just thought about all these stupid things, like, it's going to be different. How is it going to be fucking different? How? Like, and when I, that hit me, like, I was like, yeah, New Year's is coming, things are going to change, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a different perspective and a different attitude. Just like that. Just like that, it's like when you get baptized. You ever see like when you get baptized, you think things are going to change that day? You ever see like adults getting baptized, they put them in the lake backwards, and they hit them in the head, and then they pull them up, and they're like, you changed, you know. Or oh, whatever, pray to gay, you know, like when they're going to pray the gay away, or, you know, all these things that we've grown to believe are going to happen just because, you know, the power of prayer and all this. The power of prayer is great. I'm not here doubting it. But you could just pray so fucking much before you got to do something. It's got to be action on your side. For years, we've waited on the universe to just change its course on us. Ah, we're going to hit a lottery ticket. I'm going to drive down the street and find a suitcase, and all my problems are going to be fucking gone. That's, that's the Band-Aid that we've grown up thinking that really is fucking possible. And listen, I could be wrong. It could be. Today, it's Tuesday, you can fucking go into a, go, go get a Yoohoo, and while you're there, maybe a butter roll and a fucking go, what the fuck, give me a picket ticket, and you hit the picket, and, and you won three billion, I hope I'm the first motherfucker you hit me up and say, go fuck yourself, I defeated the odds, I'm there with you, at least throw me an all-purpose loan, but what are the odds of that really fucking happening, it's not, so we have to up our game and change our game, not much, not much. People think you got to make all these fucking great changes and I got to stay in every night. I got to eat special K. I got to fucking, you know, no, it's not that extreme. It's like a diet. Like last uh, Sunday night on 60 Minutes, they had a thing about diet drugs. These new synthetic Hollywood type drugs for people who have like a little beer belly. But they're really meant for people who are. Like me, people who are, uh, whatever the fuck you call it, obese. You have obese syndrome, whatever the fuck it is. They want 1200 for these fucking shots. You know, like 1200 a month for these fucking shots. They ain't cheap, guys. And, you know, 
but it's so weird to see people who want to lose weight because I was one of those people. I thought like, ah, I'm going to get big and just, you know, stop drinking soda and I'm going to lose weight. And it, if you watch that show Sunday night, it's the shit that I've always known. Obesity has to do with genetics. You could eat carrot sticks every fucking day and still be overweight. A lot of it. I know a lot of you guys are saying, General, what are you talking about? But my point is, like, I have a friend that's getting the surgery. And in their mind, everybody who gets a surgery or who goes on a diet thinks their life is going to change miraculously. Oh, it's going to change just like that. I'm going to meet the girl of my dreams once I lose the 800 pound, the fat ball on my neck. You know, like you're going to all of a sudden. And it's so weird, the expectations we have as Americans and as humans, but mostly as Americans, like this shit's just going to go away, you know. And even with me, like the last month, I've tried to lose weight and I've succeeded. I've dropped like nine pounds, but it's been the roughest fucking nine pounds I've ever lost in my life with the fucking uh, holidays or whatever, but that's not the point here. The point is that you have to change your lifestyle. And that's whether it's a diet, you know. This year, I want to make the podcast a little stronger. You know, I want to do something with a, a friend of mine. We're going to do more videos, you know, like more Instagram videos. And it's basically a podcast, but it's the same. It's not going to be a podcast. But it's the same result. I get to communicate to you guys, let you know what I'm doing, and the whole thing. The same thing happens when you're looking for something that thinks when you're looking for something that you think is gonna just change miraculously. Like it's twenty twenty three. Everything's gonna change. My problems are gonna go away. No 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 no. They're probably gonna go away, but you have to work at them a little bit. Just a little fucking bit. I love this time of the year. I fucking love it because it checks me. I get checked every day by myself, by me. You know me, guys. I beat myself up every day. I'm a loser. I'm a stiff. I'm this and that. But this is the biggest checking I do every year because it lets you know what you need to do. Everybody thinks just because it's a new year that everything's going to change. No, everything's going to change if you put an effort into it. How do you do that? Just three little fucking things. Three little fucking things. You're going to drink more water this year? You're going to read more? Those are my... I, guys, I didn't do... For, my goals this year were very fucking simple. And they, they were all to... I want to start playing the guitar a little more. I want to be more consistent with it. You know, if you play on a Monday and then play two weeks later on a Thursday, you're not going to improve on no fucking... You know, and that's what I've been doing with it. I want to play little goals. Did I say I want to be in a rock band? Did I say I wanted to do a concert? Did I say I wanted to hang out with the Foo Fighters and see what the new... Who's the new drummer? They're, they're looking for one. I think it's going to be Taylor's son or the dude from Queen's son. I think. But it could be anybody. You know. Uh, they're, they're moving on, though. No, I did see they posted something, you know, and they did it right. I, I love them, yeah. how they reacted and stuff. Uh, you know, this is what I, I've been thinking about this year for the last three weeks. This is why I took off last week. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to do a fucking thing. And every day I just made notes, just little notes on what differences, what are the little differences I wanted in 2023? Do I want to have a boat? None of that shit. You know, material things don't do dick for me. I want to be better. How do I get better? Do I add an extra jujitsu class? Do I 
do I go to cryotherapy therapy and so I can get more recovered so I can hit an extra jiu-jitsu class or maybe lift weights one extra day. I'm already working out four days a week, but do I need five? I don't fucking know. But these are the things I was thinking about. How can I make the joint just a little bit fucking better? I didn't write down my goals. I wanted to be the number one podcast. I wanna I don't give a fuck. I just want to be happy, and I want you guys to be happy, and I want to give you the right amount of content to write about it, the right type of content to make this work between us. I'm not looking to fucking add videos or fucking beat, you know, uh, what's his name? Bill Maher and whatever the fuck it is. Guys, I'm just looking to be happy. This is one of these things that I never, every year we we fucking look at our goals and we go, oh, this shit, we need to make more money. This year, I need to work more. This year, I need to work harder. Yeah, I need to do all those things also. But the number one goal of this year that I never really focused on was just being happy, being chill, letting things go by a little more. You know, who gives a fuck? It's like this week. If this was 10 years ago, me and Mike would have fucking, we would have been here New Year's Day if we had a podcast on Monday because we got to go. We're missing something. No, we're not. They're not even in a fucking mood for it. You know, when we stopped doing, uh, you know, like this month in January, I, I think I'm just going to do one podcast a month until we get going. You know, why fucking overbill? It's not that type of party no more. And I know it's not. I'm about to turn 60 in less than two months. And that's been on my mind a fucking lot lately. A lot. First of all, what a lie. For years, I sweated 60. Well, look, look, look. Let's get down to basics. For years, I never thought I would make 60. Okay? Let's, let's. I thought I was going to go in. This whole, what nobody understands in my life is that this whole fucking thing has been a, I didn't, I didn't expect or see any of this coming. Let's start from scratch. For starters, I was going to die when I was 37. I just... Since the time I'm a kid, my mother, my dad died when he was 37, and I never thought I would make it past 37. I'm like, it's just not going to happen, and that's okay. You know, that's how I expected. My, my life was such a fucking shit show that when I was 20, I was like, I'm going to die at 37, and I got to tell you something, that's okay, because if this is, if this is the first 20 years of my life, and they've sucked, you know, no family, this, struggling, whatever. This is what life is, this struggle. I'd rather not do this no more. This is not the life I want to live. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to party. I'm not going to take responsibility for anything. And I'm going to fucking just be a bum until I fucking die at 37. But then 38, 37, 2001, 2000, January 1st, I woke up in El Paso, Texas, and I wasn't fucking dead. I still remember where I did comedy two. Uh, for what was what did they call the yeah Y2K that I was on stage thinking the power was going to turn out <laughs> people going to kick the doors in with fucking power beams it's a new world it's a new time that didn't fucking happen but if you ever heard my fucking story I thought I was going to die at 37 my life began at 37 because 37 was the age when I met my wife Terry 37 was the age when I kind of realized I was onto something. I'm onto something with the stand-up comedy. I've been doing this for nine fucking years, and nobody realized I'm a thief yet. I haven't robbed the comedy club yet. I, had a, I haven't kidnapped a comedian yet. I haven't gotten into a fight with a comedian yet. This has panned out to be an okay fucking mission. 
I'll, I'll stick it out for another fucking couple of years. But that's what happened when I was... Th- I thought I was going to die at 30 fucking seven. So at 37, when I met my girlfriend and she was very nice, I was like, I might have a chance here. I might have a fucking chance here. I was getting spotted at the store. I was starting to travel with Joe Rogan. And I'm like, this is starting to pan out. And now what? 23 fucking years later... I'm about to turn fucking 60, and I thought that we would all look like Archie Bunker. I thought that I would be in, like, a stroller. You know, like, you know, like, I'm not not exaggerating to you guys, guys. This is, you know, I came, when I was 20, it was a different time of being 20 than when you guys were being 20. You know, I saw a picture of uh, Heidi Fleiss. Is it Heidi Fleiss? Not Heidi Fleiss. The girl who's married to Seal. The pretty girl that was married to Seal. She posted a picture of herself two weeks ago. Heidi Klum, maybe? I don't know. Heidi Klum? She's 58 years old with a fucking bikini on. Did anybody see those pictures of her? They weren't in a sexual way. It was just a picture of her with sunglasses on a wall with a bikini on. When I went to the gym a couple days later, all the, the old lady club was talking about those pictures and how impressive those pictures were. Because it shows you that we've fucking come so far in 20 fucking years, 25 years. You never expected. Look at all these people you see on Instagram in their 60s and 50s doing things. Mick Jagger's going to tour this year. Him and Keith are going to tour this year, and they're going to turn 80 years old this year. When I was a kid, you didn't do anything but die at 80 years old. When I was a kid, you didn't do anything but die when you were 75 fucking years old. Never mind go on tour like Bruce Springsteen and his bandmates. This has been fucking just that I'm 60 and there's a guy that busts my balls all the time on Patreon, John Mickelson. He's like, you can't retire. I made some stupid jokes a couple of years ago. I thought that I would just retire and then I realized that I don't know how fucking people retire because there's nothing to fucking do. There's nothing to do. I went to lunch with a buddy of mine this year, maybe uh, last year, and I'm like, when are you going to retire from UPS? And he's like, why would I? This guy is my age, and he works seven days a week from November 25th to January like 3rd. He doesn't take a day off. I asked him, when do you... He gets six weeks vacation a year, and he only takes two of them because his wife only takes two of them. He has something to do. He will not take a week vacation off by himself because he says it's that fucking boring. And when I thought about retiring... Listen, guys, I was just talking shit. I thought that I could get like a part-time job at Costco and put stickers on people's orders like a regular old guy. That's never going to fucking happen. So that's what I was talking about. So it's not going to pan out. But now, thinking about it, I got to work till they put me in the casket. You got to work till they put you in the casket. Listen, I'm going to turn 60. I'm walking okay. I'm losing weight. I work out. I drink plenty of water. God knows I get plenty of fucking sleep lately. God knows I get plenty of fucking sleep. You know, this whoop watch, I'm sleep. I'm getting REM sleep now which I never REM slept for fucking 20 fucking years when I was doing comedy because you wake up in three hours. Your body's like, why? Why would I fucking even indulge in that shit when you're not going to wake up? So, 
you know, I do my physicals. I got to go for blood uh, this week. I'm probably going to go Wednesday morning and give some blood. I got a heart doctor uh, appointment on the 10th. I'm taking care of myself at 60. This is a great fucking feeling. You know, Mike and I were talking about things we're going to do with DraftKings uh, this year and everything. I'm going to be 60. I thought that I would be like halfway fucking dead. And listen, don't get me wrong, guys. I can't deliver for UPS now. It's not like I'm going to take a roofing job where I can work for FedEx, Federal Express and deliver fucking boxes and climb stairs. I can't do that either. I'm not going to lie to you about that. But I'm happy that I'm active. Uh, you know, I love going to jiu-jitsu to keep my mind going. Even if it's the basic class to learn an arm bar, it doesn't matter because you're taking steps. And that fights that fucking dementia. Even if you're hitting the bag, you know, you're working combinations. You got to remember those combinations. So that helps you a little bit. So I'm trying to do the best I can. So I see me fucking going to whatever. I'm looking at stand-up this year a little bit, maybe a couple shows. When? I don't fucking know. I'll, I'll keep you posted. And I'm also looking at doing something with Vic. I'm looking at fucking uh, putting out the book this year, which I'm fucking, if anybody knows, I am brutally excited about because I get this fucking thing off my neck. This has been a fucking, <laughs> this has been a nightmare for fucking 15 years that I just want to get off my back. I just want to be able to tell my story, tell my mom's story, and move the fuck on. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited about 2023. I got a lot of good things happening. You know, uh, 2022 ended the year strong. I Listen, I talk to all these people. I answer your messages. I know a lot of you weren't struggling this fucking holiday. Honest to God, I usually get horrible holiday messages People not doing well. This was one year where people were fucking, just everybody was in a good mood, man. So 2023, 2023 is going to be a better year. Uh, listen, we could talk about it like other people. You know, there's a lot of going on right now. Well, Joey, what are we going to do about the war? You know, what about the COVID that's hitting China? Who gives a fuck? Just be happy. We're alive today. We made it to another fucking year. It's fucking Tuesday. You know, and that's it. It's going to be an easy fucking week, and I'm excited. If you're out of weed in Jersey, Stoner's Club, cocksuckers. Uncle Joey, 10% off for life. Uncle Joey is the code. 10% off for fucking life. They, they have some weed in Jersey now. I forget what it's called. I will post it later on on Twitter. It's, I got to give some to Mike. It's like 60%. They dip it in hash and some something else. It looks pale. It looks like a pale Indian. It just looks pale. But, dog, it gives you a nice little fucking buzz. So if you want to give it a try, I'll post it on my Twitter later. I'm sorry. I'm not prepared. Like I said, guys, I'm just excited about the possibilities in 2023. I'm happy I finally got this fucking book out. I'm happy that uh, we're going to add a different dynamic to the podcasting and podcasting in general and my Instagram and and that's what's going on. That's how I feel. And that's fucking it. Um, one thing I did this year, I think I'm going to re-sign up with BetterHelp. Because you always have all these questions at the beginning of the year. Like, you're like, you know, what should I do with goals, this, that. And like I say in the pitch for it, sometimes you need somebody to help you with a decision. You know, I went with BetterHelp last year. All the two years ago when I was struggling with the fucking, uh, with the, when I was withdrawing and all that, 
just to get my thoughts in order. Guys, it's always there for you. And if you don't want to go on therapy, you got your best friend to bounce it off their fucking walls. But this is it. It's life. It's 2023. I'm fucking excited. We're here another year. Like I said, we're only putting out one podcast this week. And uh, we'll keep you motherfuckers, uh, let you know what's cracking. That's it and that's that, you bad motherfuckers. Have a great day. And I'll be back next Monday, the 9th, tip-top Magoo, ready to go. Love you. And here's a word from our sponsors. All right, it's the kick of a new year. Thank you. Thank you for supporting and for loving. We won't do another one till next Monday just to give you a fucking chance to come out of your coma like Rip Van Winkle. Anyway, the joint is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Why are you still paying insane amounts of money for every month for your phone bill? Right now, when you switch to Mint Mobile, you'll get an unlimited plan for 50% off. Order from home and save with phone plans starting at just $15 a month. Hurry, because this deal ends January 15th. You're going to buy any three-month plan and get three more months free, even on their unlimited plan. All Mint Mobile plans come with unlimited talk and text high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Buy any three-month plan and get three more months free by going to mintmobile.com slash joey. Again, that's mintmobile.com slash joey. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash joey. Offer ends January 15th. The joint is also brought to you by Freeze Pipe. Listen, it's time to invest in your stuff and get the best tools for the job. Your job is like my job, to smoke dope with three hands. And Freeze Pipe is here to make sure you got the best tools to get you high all the way to 2024. Just freeze it, pack it, and rip that motherfucker. The smoke passes through the frozen part, cooling down the smoke as you inhale. Listen, I had a blast with this thing over the holidays. It didn't snow, but I froze that pipe, and I saw the devil every fucking day, the 12 days of Christmas. Free pipe cools down the smoke by 100 degrees, makes your lungs feel fucking tremendous, and your lungs will thank you. So, your Uncle Joey's taking care of you on the first Tuesday of the year with freezepipe.com. You got that Christmas money. Let's do this shit. I'm going to save you 10% off on a bong pipe a bubbler today. That's thefreezepipe.com, pressing code Diaz, D-I-A-Z, to save 10%. The joint is also brought to you by, listen, we're starting off the year. You don't want to bring your fucking headaches into this year. Contact betterhelp.com. You're like, Joey, why do I talk to you? What do I need betterhelp.com? Because they're an online therapy service that's convenient, flexible, and affordable. You can fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. It's that easy. Listen, when I was stuck, Dana helped me over at uh, BetterHelp, and she did a great job, because here I am, tip, top, motherfucking magoo. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash Diaz. Again, betterhelp.com slash Diaz and I'm going to get you 10% off your first month that's betterhelp.com slash Diaz I want to thank BetterHelp Freeze Pipe and Mint Mobile and I want to thank you guys for always having our back we're going to have a great thing for you in 2023 so thank you for your support and love and I'll see you motherfuckers next Sunday morning Monday morning tip top magoo stay black Uncle Joey loves you